when you look at a community that works, it may look chaotic, it may look unstable, it may look messy, um, but it is precisely these messy processes that wind up um, providing for the, the safety of the inhabitants. What happens when we superimpose smart city technologies on a place like that, on a functioning urban neighborhood, when we put CCTV cameras in and when we begin to instrument the environment with sensors and microphones, um, what winds up happening is that people think that somebody else is responsible for the maintenance of order in this environment. That the presence of these technologies actually undermines our sense of neighborliness with one another. And so it is, I think, with all smart city technologies. I think it's that sense of abstraction from our responsibilities to one another as neighbors that begins to undermine the processes that do generate order in our lives. What we see now is a splintered, fractured public where the design of our applications has led us to persist in a million different worlds with a million different senses of what's normal. And we've forgotten how to negotiate with one another. Or, you know, I do actually believe that we're losing the sense for how to negotiate with one another in public space. As a student of urban cultures, um, very often it's the inefficiencies in life that wind up furnishing us with the moments that we remember. I mean, so much about urban life is not really about getting merely from point A to point B in the fastest time possible. And I'm not arguing that, you know, the morning commute should for some reason be made more difficult. That's not at all what I'm saying. But I am saying it's that when we slow down to the point that we're able to encounter one another as full and authentic individuals, um, when we don't wall ourselves off with our technologies, when we instead use those technologies to, to underwrite encounters with one another, um, that the real resonant value is produced. There was a very interesting recent survey that, that was about the sense of well-being that people had. And uh, the findings were counterintuitive, perhaps, you know, for somebody of my generation. The finding was that the more stranger interactions we had in the course of the day, the, the greater our sense of personal well-being and, and hope and optimism were. And so I, I think it's very definitely the case that we are using applications on smartphones. A great many of us, you know, anywhere from 30 to 70 percent of the population is now equipped you know, with a smartphone, with a networked interface device. We are very definitely using that information to build smoother experiences, to build more tailored experiences, to kind of tune the city to our needs. And I think there's a great beauty in that, but it does cut both ways. When I'm face down in my interface, when I'm absorbed in this device, and when I'm using this device to create a psychological bubble around myself, a bubble of comfort, and, and of convenience and something that's sort of tuned to my own desires, it does tend to cut against the possibility that I'm actually going to strike up a conversation with the person next to me. We all wind up sort of trapped in our own bubbles.